Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Conversations with Z and Vin. Z, today we are continuing our conversation. Last week we talked about evolution. We discussed how the ability to come together and work on a common challenge is a sign of evolution. And we also discussed how evolution is central to life in terms of being able to express ourselves live in a way that feels fundamental, vital, feeling like we have some purpose, some reason to exist. All of that comes with evolution. So evolution is incredibly important to the short amount of time that we have to spend here on this planet. But it's really only half of the equation. There's the evolution, which is the outward expression. To get to that evolution, we have involution, which is going inward. So we withdraw into ourselves. We talked about it like a nuclear reaction. There's some pressure on plutonium, and that pressure causes this tremendous release of energy. But the first movement is inward. And really, in my mind, it's a continuous cycle. It's an exchange, like a yin-yang exchange, where you have cycles of involution turning inward. It's either reflection or it's a period of depression where you can gather recoup your energy, or it's a sufficient amount of pain. Whatever you're doing isn't working. So you turn inward, you experience that pain that propels you forward in different directions. But ultimately, in order for us to express ourselves outward, we first have to withdraw to a certain extent, check ourselves, change whatever dynamic or whatever pattern we've become accustomed to. And that allows us to move forward. It allows us to get through whatever limitations we have, whatever mental or physical barriers we've created. So today's discussion is all about involution. How do we facilitate it? What does it mean? How can we pair that with evolution? And how can we get a certain harmony between the two? We're not always going to be in one state or another, but how can we flow back and forth so that we give ourselves the chance to recoup and rest, and that allows us to keep on moving forward, keep on evolving ourselves, and continue to contribute to this world in a way that we find meaningful. Z, I'm going to hand it to you. Why don't you kick us off? Give us your thoughts on involution. Yeah, Vin, um, I was inspired in our conversation, and we we had uh, a conversation after the podcast last week, and the inspiration came to me as I I was reflecting on, on the things that we discussed and then going back to mission always back to mission. What is the benefit of us sharing these ideas and, and thoughts and, and, and trying to impart a more holistic ideology amongst our community of opt-outs? And I always believe that the more information, skill, ability, and resources you have, the more you can move forward your agenda of health, well-being, mitigating suffering, so on. So I thought about, that was Caitlin, I thought about when we talked about evolution, involution, what goes on inside of a person, what initiates that initial gestation period of evolution. So everything goes in first, it goes quiet, it goes, there's something I read once in, um, in, 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 in the Tao and in the Vedas where these masters always went to the cave. You know, where do I find real knowledge? Do I need to go to a great library? Do I need to go uh, to, to seek the most brilliant people in the world? And they said, no, the first thing you need to do is go to the cave. Go inside. Go deep, dark, quiet, inside. And that begins that pressure to change, to evolve, to process and grow. So with involution, we know that it comes from pressure. What are the pressures? Depression is a pressure. 
The physics of our known universe, all pressure creates heat. A lump of coal or a rock becomes a diamond because it is put under the tremendous pressures of the earth. And at some point over a period of time, that great pressure pushes that thing so deep in the earth, then it pushes it out of the earth. Isn't that interesting? It goes deep, deep under great forces and pressure, then flies up into the air or comes up high on the surface and people can find it. Sometimes they find diamonds just lying out on the sand. Um, it was the pressure, the internal centripetal pressure that caused the alchemy of a rock or piece of coal to turn into another piece of carbon to be purified to the level where it's clear carbon. That's amazing. People go through that. This is the way our universe works. So before the measure of evolution is present, like watching a tree grow, every day you go out there and it's a little taller, it has a few more leaves, or watching your garden grow, long before that visible, measurable growth happened, something happened in the dark under the pressure of the soil, under the filtering of the water that got to that seed, it slowly changed. And then from the pressure of being underground, it started to reach for the light. All plants are reaching for the light on earth. You watch certain flowers that limp over at night and then during the day they're standing up and at night they look to collapse because they're withdrawing their effort to renew themselves. So with that being said, I, I want to put that visual in place for everyone. So your depression, your sorrow, you name it, whatever causes you pain is also an opportunity to, for, for involution. Once that involution has reached its natural cycle in the events of your life, then an evolution begins. We are faced with a challenge that most people tend to avoid any pressure, any force that they have to oppose to move forward. In avoiding that, we avoid the opportunity to have involution. If we avoid involution, there can be no evolution. Thus is the endless cycle of death and rebirth, as they say in Buddhism. Just You're just on the rat wheel looking for ways to avoid pressure, but that very pressure causes you to grow. I was thinking this morning after listening to a, uh, a discussion on depression and how people are dealing with depression, how depressed they are, and I thought, wow, we, we can really get things wrong if we put a little effort to it. It doesn't take a lot of effort. Depression is actually a good thing if it pushes evolution. How do I end my depression? Well, you have a few choices. You can commit suicide, and that stops all those issues. Or you could look at the conditions that are causing you sorrow, grief, and sadness, and say, I'm going to make a change. And once you hit the switch to change, evolution begins. Just like the cells in a human body. If you look under a microscope, you see that playing out in every cell in your body. Okay, let's get out of here. Let's grow. Let's turn into something else so we can move forward. You can see that with viruses. They adapt. The more you hit them, the more you taunt them, the more you tease them, the stronger they get. Thus, we have... Um, antibiotic-resistant bacterias. We have antiviral-resistant viruses. We have viruses we don't even know how to deal with them because we have taunt them, teased them, depressed them, suppressed them, harassed them enough that each time they got stronger, each time they got better, each time they were better at navigating you. And on an even more subtle and quantum level, it's mental health. You need to go to the funeral. You need to go see the body. There's a reason that we do that. The rituals of grief will take you to the darkest pit of your soul. And then when you come up, when you come out of that, you have gratitude you could have never imagined. 
when the sun comes up the next day from a long night of despair, you will find that you have a gratitude for the littlest things. I was just showing Caitlin um, one of the uh, pictures of one of my new grandchildren, uh, little baby Inez. And uh, I was just talking uh, to my nephew um, in our culture, of course. Uh, my brother's not here, so all my brother's kids are now my grandkids. His kids' kids are my grandkids, so to say. And I was looking at that baby and listening and, 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 and imagining that person's life in a way that I look forward to her growing up. Think about it. I have endured many hardships, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain that would kill many men. Uh, my soul has been bruised, battered, and scarred, but I'm still hard. I'm still here. But sometimes, sometimes you're just tired, spiritually tired, emotionally tired. And those moments when your soul is starved, when it's hungry, when it's thirsty, the only thing that can satisfy that hunger or quench that thirst is gratitude. And when I look at those little babies, and I look at the parents of those little babies whom I was there at the moment of their birth, Watch them from diapers to diploma. The awe of that experience and everything that happened to me during that period of life left me with nothing but gratitude. And the gift of that gratitude, the finish line of that gratitude is when I see these little babies. Because I know now what to look forward to. Just this grand adventure. So when you embrace involution, you embrace the dark, like going to a movie theater, going to a movie, a matinee, we used to go to matinees, and you would go into the matinee at, at noon or 11, they would start the first movie and they'd be over by four in the afternoon and you'd walk out of that movie theater into the light of day and it was blinding. The light was blinding. Your vision was so clear. The world was so bright. But it didn't seem that way when you walked in. But when you were in that darkened space in another illusion of the world and you came to this world, the world had more than you realize. Gratitude does that for you. So when I look at these little girls, I think about their parents. I think about um, baby Nami. I think about baby Saima. I think about baby Inez. I think about the parents, and I think about me and my journeys when they were not here, they were on the way. I remember the excitement of each of those kids as they were coming into the world, and all the things I was doing and going through, and I reflect upon that in a moment of maybe self-indulgence where you're just like, eh, I'm tired. And I feel like Ali in the ring with Frazier. I don't think I can make it. Then I look across the room and I see Frazier can't get up. and gives me just enough energy to get up. I look at those little kids and see, I can do this again. I can do this again. I told uh, my nephew this morning, I said, when baby Inez is your age, I'll be 90 years old. I'll be 90 years old, and I feel fine. And when I looked at you, I said, man, when he grows up, I'll be a man of 60-something years old. And before that, when you weren't here, I thought about all the others. And it just made me smile because each one of those people were waypoints in my life and with so many adventures. 
So oftentimes, if you've been through that, you, you don't look forward to a lot anymore because you've done all your stories. But they let you reread a good book again. Gratitude. The evolution from despair, from grief, from sorrow, from the malaise of life. Go deep inside of that until you can't go any further down. And at the bottom of that pit is door number one and door number two. Behind door number one is gratitude and a new opportunity. Door number two is just ended. Give up. If you have gratitude, it, it's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother opportunity. Look at the people I've met. I ran into a young man the other day I hadn't seen in 20 years who worked. He did a job like Caitlin's at my other place. <clears throat> I was standing in the uh, uh, store and someone calls my name. Z. Z. And he said, Master Z, <laughs> which some people call me. I looked at him and said, hey, how's it going? I know who the hell he was. It's a man with a gray beard, gray hair. He said, it's me, it's Arion. I said, oh my God, you were like a young kid in your 20s back then. He said, man, that was the great experience I ever had. Working with you, you know what I'm doing now, I'm making movies, I'm producing all the things I wanted to do. And he gave me so much to work with. I met so many people through you. I learned so much. Man, that was a good feeling. And that was a lifetime ago for some people. In the time that I saw him, he grew up, he had children. There were people that were born that are now adults. The evolution that I got to witness in that young man started from the involution. Him going inward in his own journey. And we never know where it's going to take us. We can only put our intentions in good place. So working on involution is the quiescence of your life, being inward, being quiet. You see everything there. And in that dark cave, you see the, the perversion of the ego. You see the diseases of the way that the ego manipulates the person. You see your fears. You see your hopes. You see your selfishness. You see all the difficult things that you get to work on that are kind of like the friction material you need to start a fire inside. You realize that most of your challenges are really you. You taste the bitter fruit of self-realization. And then when you come from the other side of that, you, you can breathe. All of a sudden, the lights are bright. Everything comes on. And you begin the process of evolving. And as we said last week, human beings are able to forward or hinder their own evolution. When we chat it up too much, when we talk ourselves into a bad space, we de-evolve. When you pump yourself up and you see infinite opportunities and you move through life with gratitude, you're going forward. Face a challenge. Sometimes as simple as a workout challenge. Just stay on something for a few weeks. I watch some of the kids here. They work out. I give them a routine and the ones that stick to it can do things. There's a kid, Rob, and he couldn't lift a certain amount of weight. Remember, Kate, he couldn't lift the bag. And I gave him a routine and with his temperament, he just did the routine every day for a period of time. And then one day I walked in, he was able to lift a, a greater amount of weight and do it really well and skillful and technique. I said, man, what did you do? He said, I just followed the routine. I evolved. In that area of my life, I evolved. Which, by having the witness to evolution, you start to realize you can do it in other areas of your life. So involution is the dark quiet, the pit, the seed under the soil, waiting to open up and then strive to 
get that sunlight. Involution of putting in the hours. Involution is the fasting. Involution is the work, doing your work and not looking up left or right to see where you're at compared to others. The involution is the effort without reward because it was good effort. Not because you were looking for the word, just because you did your best. Involution. That begins it all. You follow me, Ben? Yeah, Z, what you're describing is interesting. And things like gratitude, things like just stepping back and doing the work. Of course, that's how we move forward. And we need those periods. It, you even take something like depression, which has such a negative connotation. But if you think about it in a literal sense, it's a time for us to re-energize. It's that quiet period. You're not doing anything. The mind settles to a certain extent. You don't feel like moving, exerting, but you gather, and then you can go forward. As I'm listening to everything you're saying, I'm just contrasting it with the way that our society is organized. Because we're organized in a way that ignores the involution component of evolution. So it's as though we want the evolution. We want that continual progression without the involution, the quiet periods, the darkness, the pain, the pressure. We've talked about this in a lot of, in a lot of different ways before about rituals that you have to go through or bitter medicine that you have to take or building character. We had a podcast on that how you need a certain amount of challenge, a certain amount of stress to improve your own performance. I think about people who succeed in this world who just become very good at whatever craft they're pursuing or maybe they're, they're working and they explode onto the scene either in business or in art. And we always see the end result, and it's easy to focus on that. And it's a cliche, but I'll say it again. We never focus on the process. What brought them to that point? What struggles did they have to go through? How many times did they question themselves? How many times did they pick themselves up? Did they stop and reflect? Because maybe what they were doing wasn't working, and they had to move in a different direction. Maybe they lacked skills or certain a certain emotional constitution, you have to go, you have to build that in order to move forward. And it just feels like we shy away from that. And in shying away from that, one, gratitude, as you mentioned, is something that we never get in touch with. Because if we're always looking to move forward, if the expectation is that we're always moving ahead, we're always going to be disappointed. That's the opposite of gratitude. That's feeling like, how come I'm stuck here? I'm not as good as someone else. I'm not getting results as quickly as I want. That's a recipe, number one, uh, for entitlement. Number two, we're not present. We're not enjoying the journey, as we've talked about. We're focused on the future. So that's a way to, in a sense, throw away a good portion of the life experience. We hide from depression. We, we don't want to feel depressed. So we're always looking for entertainment. Maybe some nights we just don't feel like going out. Maybe it's fine to spend a quiet night at home. I knew a guy back in the day in New York who could not be alone for a second. Every single moment was either going to work or going out, meeting people, going to bars, clubs, art exhibitions, restaurants, there was never a moment alone, a moment of quietude. And that leads to total collapse. It leads to overstimulation. It magnifies the problem. There's no way to hide from this. We can defer it temporarily, but eventually this catches up with us and we feel the accumulated weight of whatever we've been running away from. That pressure builds and builds. Eventually it crushes us. So the depression becomes that much worse. The sense of worthlessness becomes that much more acute. And hopefully at that point, we can go through the involution process. 
sort ourselves out. But at times it becomes too much. Uh, you know, if we let this go for too long, we, the pain might get to a point where it crushes us. We've talked in the last few weeks about suicides that we've seen. I've seen it on in different sides of my family. And it's problems building for years that are never fully addressed. And I can't speak to the specifics. I wasn't close enough to really know what was going on. But I do see it in other contexts. I see it with people where you're just looking for that quick solution. You're looking for that next hit because you don't want to take the time to really sort yourself out to figure out what you have to do to evolve, to go back to the drawing board, be that architect of yourself, draw out the plans, figure out some strategy. It's more go, go, go. I think about my own life, ventures that I've undertaken, some of which haven't succeeded. And I think back to the time when I started a business, there was a point I got to where I knew what I was doing wasn't working, but I was reluctant to abandon it. There was some attachment to that path and I kept on moving forward, and it just kept on sucking my energy and destroying my peace of mind, creating anxiety, until it reached a point of sufficient pain. And then I said, okay, I've got to do something about this. So we've got that tendency just in the way that we operate to avoid the involution part and focus entirely on the evolution. At the same time, Z, I would say we don't want to go through pain for the sake of pain. If we can avoid pain, uh, we should. Uh, we should own up to pain that can help move us along in our journey and that has some restorative value for us. How do we strike that balance? Uh, I mean, how should we think about maybe rituals of involution? Is this something that we just naturally pay attention to? I, I mean, is it that we know it when we see it and we get to a point where we know we have to step back and we need to recharge? If so, what are some of those markers? Uh, or alternatively, are there certain routines that we should build in so we're checking in with ourselves to make sure that we've got some harmony between the involution and the evolution? Give us your thoughts on that. Well, Vin, uh, as I listen, one of the big things that I can probably share from my experience in working with folks is valuing humility. If you're going to run a marathon, you just say, hey, you know what, I want to run the marathon. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. If you decide to take up a new venture, there will be many ups and downs on the path. Going in there with humility, knowing that, you have a higher chance of achieving your aspirations. If you go to the marathon thinking that I'm going to get up one day and jump on a marathon and it's going to just go great, you won't finish. If you go to that marathon knowing it's going to be hard, but I'm going to finish. My priority is to finish, not for it to be easy or not. Ever. So that's the thing. You go on a new business adventure. Involution-wise, you got to ask yourself why. You get in the ring to train yourself as a, as a fighter. The first part of your development is simply getting your ass kicked by people who are better than you. And each day, your ass is kicked less and less. And then when one day, you're kicking ass. That's why oftentimes the lay person, the common person, will meet a great athlete, a great fighter, and they're often disappointed because the person didn't have the bravado. They didn't have everything you thought they would have, the cockiness, any of that. Because the road to their notoriety was paved with humility. A lot of sacrifices that you never saw. Whenever you meet the great artist or the great musician and the privacy away from the light, you're often almost disappointed. They're not as fired up as I thought they would be. You know what? Because they paid their dues. And nobody was there when they were paying their dues. Nobody cheered for you. Nobody wanted your autograph. 
It was a long journey. Same way when you talk about business adventures. Now, do you go into business hungry? Or do you go into a, an adventure with your belly full? Or a person that sees that success, that failure is not an option. Because the, the other side of that, what failure looks like. Does it mean destitute? Does it mean hunger? Does it mean greater suffering? So that person is very highly incentivized by humility to figure out a way to get to where they want to be. So we all have that. We all have that within us. And I would say humility is an important part of involution. It's an important part of the process. Sitting at the foot of a guru or master or somebody uh, who is skilled at whatever you're pursuing, that in itself is humility. The term sitting at the foot of. It's humility. Apprenticing, studying, being behind the scenes. Are you okay with that? Because that's where the real growth is happening. So by the time the public sees it, they're not interested in what it took to get there. They're just interested in where you're at. And with you, with your eyes wide open, do you know that? And in knowing that, it, it, it cools you down a little bit. They're not there for the whole of you. They're there for you that's come out from the dark. That's what they're there for. Very few people can even appreciate what it took. Very few. Just a few enlightened souls can look at something and simply nod their head and go, yeah, I know what you've been through. So humility is, 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 is something that if we develop a palate for, an appetite for, takes us a long way. So even when you get there, you keep going when you're humble. Not a lot of cheering and back slapping and all this. I did it, I did it. No, because when you get there, it's, it's only a part of a process. And it's part of a continuum of processes. Thus is why oftentimes these people that we celebrate have a very depressing life. Because the part that's most important is not revered. The humility, the inquisitiveness, the work ethic, which is 90% of what they're doing. You only see 10% of it. But you don't appreciate 90% of them. So they often will say they feel lonely. You hear that all the time. They feel alone. Why did you do all those drugs? Why did you do that? They felt so isolated and alone. Because 90% of them, who they are, is not valued by the world in which they want to win over. Only the fruit of their efforts but not the trees, nor the branches, nor the root of their effort is acknowledged. So those people often spiral into depression. For those of us who are working on ourselves by understanding these mechanisms, we don't have to make those types of missteps. When you talked about your business venture, it, it can come, venture and adventure are pretty similar words. Was it an adventure? Or was it something that you needed to do in order to survive? It's the same way when I talk about your spoken word project. I try to share with you, though you're gifted and talented as a writer, lyricist, a wordsmith, very talented, your real struggle is opening your heart is to go to that dark place that makes you feel sad and angry, makes you cry or, or laugh unabated. It's the real you. But in order to embrace the real you, there has to be a, a bow down, a humility, that I, I need to share something with the world, not for the world's sake, but for my sake. And if I can do it for my sake, it will help the world I live in.
that humility that you don't look left or right to see if people like you, if they approve of you. You just do a Popeye and say, I am what I am, and that's all that I am. And you just get on with it. Whenever um, Caitlin comes in here, lately she's been just really, really like a mess. She comes in, just walks in the door angry, cursing. <laughs> and, and, and I just say, wow, wasn't it just a short while ago that you were on the door, death's doorstep? Did you forget? Yeah, whatever, I'd be canceled. I wish it would come back and get, I'll slap the shit out of cancel like I'm going to slap you. That's how she talks now. I'm like, wow, no humility at all. But if she gains her humility back, the evolution continues. So I've been working with her to really go back to that wonderful humility. But since she beat cancer, she thinks she can beat everybody in the world now. She's a very, like a, a an athlete that, has a, a lucky win, you know, like Rocky or something, right? Nobody expects her to win. She wins. Now she's running around bragging about how great she is. So I say, back it down a notch. Work on that involution. Support the evolution. Then we'll be okay. But do even that with humility. She knows it. Right, Kayla? Been no, on you. <laughs> you see that? Just arrogant. There's no humility at all. You follow me, Vin? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely follow you. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about myself as we're talking, the whole business venture. It's interesting. I do think it was necessary uh, to my survival in a sense, but maybe for a different reason. It may not have mattered what I was doing. It was almost like I just had to get out of the situation that I was in, which meant that whether this thing succeeded or failed wasn't even that important. It was almost a forcing mechanism to get me to that point of involution, forced me to reconsider certain things, which it did. I mean, actually, it's funny, Zeke, because uh, I'm recalling as we're talking uh, just what uh, I was going through at that time. And I got out of the, uh, the business that I started. It wasn't working out. I uh, decided to go back to Wall Street, did that. But it lingered with me. It forced a certain amount of reflection. It caused a certain amount of pain because I looked at myself and I said that this is a period in my life where I failed, uh, at least relative to my stated objectives. Now, maybe I wasn't clear on what I wanted to get out of it. Excuse me. Uh, but in terms of building a successful business, I, I hadn't done that. I'd done the opposite of that. I'd spent time and money. I hadn't I didn't have any economics to show for it. And I'd also revealed certain aspects of my character to myself that bothered me. Uh, there was a high level of anxiety associated with it. I wasn't working productively or effectively. I felt at times, you know, there's that movie, A Beautiful Mind. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, who's in there. And he gets to a point where he's so crazy He's staring at these patterns all the time, and it's like he could be working on the most important problem in the world. He could be saving humanity, or he could just be totally insane. And I kind of felt that way about myself, that, what you know, what am I doing? Is it relevant? Is it not relevant? I, I don't even know. I felt like I'd lost touch with reality because I was isolated. I didn't have input from other people. I was working on this on my own. But it brought me to a point where – Maybe a year after that, I really started to examine my life more carefully. Part of it was the business. Part of it was my daughter was born around that time. And I just asked myself, what do I want to be? Am I happy with the way that I am? I felt like there was a way that I could live better, Z, that I wasn't living up to my potential. I wasn't operating at a level that that I could, what's the right word? Yeah, that was commensurate with with me. It wasn't how I wanted to present myself, how I wanted to carry myself. And it forced a lot of reflection. It started this process. I remember that I was just researching all these different ways to live. I was looking at things like science of life, 
and coming across books like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I was looking at neuroscience. Uh, I was looking at Eastern philosophy. Uh, I was looking at combinations of Eastern and Western philosophy. There's that book, A Course in Miracles, uh, which I read. And eventually it brought me almost back to my roots, uh, back to Eastern practices, to meditation, to yoga. And that's when we started working together because uh, I needed someone who could who could help me on the yoga side. And for whatever reason, maybe poor judgment, I don't know, I, I stuck around. <laughs> but, uh, but that completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I guess something had to change, and that's probably why I took that time to myself. Uh, but I couldn't imagine where it would lead. Uh, it's led to a totally different conception of myself. So there's been an internal rebuilding of my own standards, of the way that I appraise myself, the way that I look at the world around me. But it's also led to the writing and the spoken word project, and who knows where that's going to lead. So it's all very cool. It's this adventure. It's forcing evolution. And maybe now I'm more aware of this dynamic that we're talking about, the need for the evolution and the involution. Because certainly on this path, with the spoken word, there have been challenges and there are days that I question myself and there are people I work with where I feel disappointed. And we've talked about that at times. But it's it's a cool process. And one, as you're saying, I'm going into it with different expectations. I know that it's going to be bumpy. I also know my nature. I can control from my own nature. I know that I tend to question things. I'm going to feel some self-doubt at times and I can be okay with that. And maybe having that awareness allows me to yield to the process and just have more of this fluid back and forth between the different states. I don't know what you've observed, Z. I mean, maybe you've got some observations. You're obviously close to me. You're close to this project. What have you seen? Am I, am I approaching this the right way, that balance between the involution? Then that's not really a question, right or wrong. It's just go for it. Just approach it. it, it I, I use the example of a person getting ready for the marathon. And uh, I've run a few marathons in my life, and I've worked with people on their first marathon. And then you got to tell them, it's going to be hard. 26 plus miles. And they have something at 26 miles, they say you hit the wall at 20 miles. More like 17 miles, you hit a wall. And every step you take, the resonance of the earth says, quit. Quit. Quit now. You've done 17 miles. That's enough. You've done 18 miles. That's enough. And it's really an emotional journey. It's not even physical after that. Because the body played out at mile 15 or mile 17. Everything now is you're simply the desire to finish what you started. And that's why it is so rewarding. It's not rewarding physically. It, it's horrible physically. I mean, you, you, you just hurt. Your ass hurts. It feels like they poured crazy glue into your, into your glute muscles. You can't move for days. But you know what? You did what you said you were going to do. You showed up. And not for other people, but for yourself. As the great marathoner, Bibi Bakila was quoted as saying when they asked him, how do you run the marathon? He said, you run it alone or not at all. That's how we live our life. As much as we want to blame other people, blame situations, blame society, blame culture, blame the man, blame whoever, inevitably it's your life. And it's a short life. If you make it to 100 years, if you're fortunate enough, that's still not enough time to do everything you want to do if you wake up in the morning with gratitude and enthusiasm, it's another grand adventure. One little thing, as they say, wake up and smell the flowers. There are some people who have learned that just the act of smelling the flowers is part of a grand adventure that can never be repeated. So if you're exploring yourself, there is no failure or success. There is no, I did it, I didn't. You grew up. You became a better man because you tried something outside of your comfort zone. 
you successfully failed at it. So you did succeed because you tried. Everybody that finishes the marathon succeeded at running a marathon. They can walk around and count themselves amongst a very few people on planet Earth that finish what they started out to do, no matter what. So that involution, the pressure inside, let outside and say, I just want to finish something. I just want to be whole. And whatever it is I do, you went out on your venture to see if you could do something. It didn't work out one way, but it worked out another because you were already running. You didn't break the record. You weren't the first place finisher, but you did it, man. How many people don't even try? Most people don't even try. And in order for us to evolve, we have to try. You tried to get up the mountain and you didn't make it, but you tried. You tried. And you gave it everything you had. And then when you recover from that, you gave it a little more. That's evolution. And so when we look around and see all the wonders of humanity, it wasn't a lot of people that participated. It's just a couple of people, a handful of people that tried and failed, and you don't even know their name. You will never hear their name. But we're everywhere we look, from the apartment window you look in, you don't know the name of that, uh, that architect, that builder, but you're in awe of what they created. And they can quietly live with themselves and say, you know what, I'm going to look out there and I'm going to look at the cityscape of New York. You know what, I built that. Talk to these bridge builders, Joe Schmo. Every time he drives across the GW Bridge or whichever one of those, the Titterbaum or whatever you guys call it, they can say, you know what? I put that rivet in there. I did something. And in the quiet of their own heart, nobody else knows, but they're okay with themselves. You know how many people aren't okay with themselves? Because they've done nothing but stayed in the safest place they could find. So their characters never evolved. Their aversion to risk increased until nothing, everything became risky. So we are okay with that evolution. You're okay. You're doing your spoken word project. Yeah, you started late in the game. You were scared, fearful, controlling, whatever the hell it was. But you came to this world with a gift. You're now honoring that gift. So you started the marathon late. But as a B.B. Bakila said, you run it alone or not at all. Just do your thing. And what we want to know is, did you do it? Did you finish? Did you give it your best? That's all. Not somebody else's best, your best. That's, that requires a, a, the burden of gratitude, the involution that triggers the evolution of the self. So for all of us, our opt-outs, go to the caves, as the Vedas say. Go to the cave of your own soul. And do it now. As also the Vedas say, whatever you do, as Patanjali said in the Yoga Sutras, do it now. Because a hundred years isn't a long time. As I mentioned earlier, looking at my grandchildren and knowing their parents before their parents even existed, even the circumstances of their conception, the day, the week, the night that my brother fell in love with the mother, that was yesterday. But you know what? It wasn't. It was many decades ago. This life is short. So evolve. And before you can evolve, involve. Go inside. And whatever it is, so changing that view of success and failure, everybody who finishes the marathon gets a ribbon. Not because they won, because they showed up. That's why we admire it so much. You follow me, Vin?
Yeah, Z, I think like most things we talk about, it's a simple prescription. Uh, we're talking about showing up, <laughs> having a certain appreciation for time, doing things now. The life that we have is a handful of moments. It disappears. So show up, do what you got to do. Expect that it's not always going to be smooth sailing. There are going to be some ups and some downs. Expect uh, that when you have that challenge, which you're going to have, you don't shy away from it because that pressure, it's going to mold you in different ways. It's going to force you to evolve. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to force you to reflect. It might force you to take a time out, pause, regroup. But you come out with renewed vigor. You come out with gratitude and you keep on moving forward. And that's right. And that's how we make turn a piece of coal into a diamond. And now that you know that, for all of our folks, know that. Do that. Go inward first. The world is not going to change for you. You're going to change and learn to adapt to this world and be better at navigating the terrain of our shared world socially, emotionally, physically. That's how we do it. And for all of us opt out and everybody listening to our, our podcast, please share it with others. Um, Dharma Media is up and running and growing. Subscribe, uh, give us feedback, input. If there are topics of health and wellness you'd like to discuss, send us a, a pod, uh, what do you call it, email to Caitlin and um, she'll inform me. Um, and or then uh, listen to his music, listen to what he's developing, and uh, let's spread the word. Let's think for ourselves. Let's be people who are involving so we can evolve. Let's change the narrative, this misguided narrative that is accepted. Let's not accept that. Let's do it a BB Bakila. Let's do it alone and not at all. Let's do what we need to do. All right? All right. You got me fired up. Let's go. All right. Now, do you have any uh, spoken word for us as we part today? Anything new you've been working on? Z, I feel free. Great to be here with you and me. The two of us plus Caitlin makes three. All love. No envy, baby. All right. That's Vin. There you go. <laughs> Everybody check out Radia Reincarnated. All right. Love you much. Peace. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.